Hello, this is Richard Russell, and welcome to Creativity and Composition. First up today, some news of my own. I took much time off to watch the World Cup in June, and in between games, I took the time to figure out a few internet things. First of all, I now have a sign-up form on my website, rdrussell.com, that's r-d-r-u-s-s-e-l-l.com, where you can provide your email to keep up to date with all things CNC. That's short for creativity and composition, just so you know. And as a way to entice you, I have a free ebook that I send out to everyone who responds. No, I don't think it will change the course of your life, but it's interesting and funny, and I think it's the sort of thing you would want to immediately send around to all of your musical friends. So if you haven't been to visit my website in a while, please do so. Also, I've learned that a good way to keep people visiting your website is to provide more resources. Now, I haven't posted it yet, but I have been working on a page of composer resources that I think will be very important for anyone who wants to have a one-stop spot to see all kinds of tools, websites, and opportunities for composers. My hope for this is that I'll be able to keep this updated with new links at all times, some of it stuff that I've found, and maybe some of the things also that you, the listeners, have sent in to me. In fact, this page is almost ready to post. I'm just doing some tweaking on the cascading style sheets, which is a bit of a new concept for me. But I expect this page will be on my website before the end of the summer. And one last bit of news, announcing my written blog. I've been frustrated by all the good stuff I come across that doesn't quite merit a whole podcast. At most, maybe it merits a paragraph or two. And yet, it seems important enough to mention it and share it, so what do I do? That's where this written blog comes in. It also gives you a chance to post a comment about your own experiences. And since it is a blog, you can subscribe to it via RSS feed. At least I think you can. Anyway, please visit rdrussell.blogspot.com. I've already got about 10 or so posts there, so you can spend a little bit of time reading through them if you'd like. There's a link for it at my regular website, too. Okay, now that we've got the news and announcements out of the way, what is today's topic? I exchanged a few emails with a fellow named Jimmy from Georgia, and in one of his notes, he asked me, Is there a good system for dating and keeping track of versions of your work as you progress? I know there are times I wish I had kept earlier versions of music I had tried to write because my editing got me so far away from earlier ideas that I liked better. How should you keep track of these things? Especially with Finale software, I can make changes faster than ever. Well, I sent Jimmy an email and replied that every composer ends up finding a system of organization that works personally. What we're talking about here is score management. I think if you compose with paper and pencil, you probably have little difficulty with score management. You have hard copies all over the place, and you can file them into folders. I myself tend to write directly into Finale these days. I'll usually start with a quick scribble of ideas on paper, a few motifs or cells if you'd like, and then start putting the notes into Finale. If you write directly into Finale or any computer software, whether it's Notation or Sequencer, the only thing you can do is save multiple copies. The trick is not to overwrite your old copies. I have a Documents folder on my computer, and I'm sure you do too. In that folder, I have a folder called Finale Files. Now, within my Finale Files folder, I have a subfolder for each of my different compositions. 
Now let's use the example of my piece spirals. Within the folder spirals, I have a file called 05JUL18, meaning that this is the work I did on July 18, 2005. I would open that file every morning and work on it, but I would not save a new copy until a significant new direction in the music happened. For instance, I might decide to insert a new exposition or a new transition, or I might decide that the violin part really ought to be played by the cello, or I'll decide that the music needs right now some more fire and brimstone, anything like that. When that happens, I'll save a new copy, and maybe this happened a few days later, so I'll call it 05JUL24. So then, several months later, when I open up this folder, what does my system tell me at a glance? Well, Remember, the original file was July 18th, the new file was July 24th. I know that on July 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, I was just pretty much touching up the work that I did on July 18th, because there aren't any files saved with those particular dates. But then on July 24th, something significant must have happened to warrant a new copy. I must have made some decision on July 24th about the music that represented a turning point in its composition. Now, unless you have a very small, old computer hard drive, this should not be a problem. Finale files are not too large, and MIDI files are even smaller. You might want to be cautious and exercise some hard drive disk management if you are using digital audio files in a sequencer. Digital audio files are huge. Now, when I am done with the piece, my final draft gets to have the title. In other words, if I finish a piece on August 12, 2005, then the piece ought to be called, by my filing system, 05AUG12. But if it is my last draft, I'll rename it the title of the piece. In this case, it gets called Spirals. For all of my older drafts, I'll create yet another subfolder called, you guessed it, Older Drafts. I have to say, in all my years of composing, I don't think I've ever looked into my Older Drafts folder, so you might think it's okay just to delete them. But I don't. I think this is somewhat out of my sense of musical ego here. These older drafts represent my compositional development and might offer some clues to my own developing style. This reminds me of a conversation I had about a year ago with a composition professor. This professor does not use a computer at all, and as we got to talking, something occurred to me. If Beethoven had had a computer, would we have any of his drafts and notes? It's so easy with a computer to overwrite your drafts, and it's so easy to, to delete anything off your hard drive that is not being used. But Beethoven's drafts are studied and poured over in this day and age for clues and insights into who he was as a composer. What if we had none of these earlier drafts? Now, I'm a long, long way from being Beethoven, and I doubt very much history will be interested in any of my drafts. But you never know, someday I might be interested and looking at my earlier drafts. So I keep a hold of them, and it's not too hard to burn these files onto a CDR. Okay, back to Jimmy's email. He also asked, how do you keep track of pieces of music ideas before they become developed? Do you keep a music journal with you or a tablet of partial phrases? As a matter of fact, I do. I do keep this kind of journal. Moleskin makes a tiny manuscript paper notebook which is suitable for carrying around. I also have some blank staff paper always ready in my studio, so I can quickly jot down anything. If you like using a sequencer, I would recommend saving a default setup so that every time you open the sequencer, it automatically opens with the right number of tracks and with the right instruments. 
The idea, the goal here, is to be prepared. If you are a musical person with an inclination to compose, musical thoughts are just going to happen to you. They're just going to come to you. Think of them like musical blurts. Some musical thought just gets blurted into your head. As best as you can, you should write these things down. Now, maybe you are commuting or in a boring meeting or watching a TV show. In other words, maybe it's not the right time to be composing. But if you have this sort of musical journal with you, you can come back to it during your regularly scheduled composing time and see if it's something you want to develop. Not all of these musical blurts will seem like they're worth developing, and that's quite all right. It's better to have a few dozen ideas and edit down to the good ones than to have no ideas at all. I have to extend a great big thanks to Jimmy from Georgia for his very good questions. Believe it or not, he had a few more very practical questions that I would like to return to. But I think we've covered a lot of ground for today, so stay tuned. We'll be hearing again from Jimmy as I get to his other questions. If you have some questions of your own, you know how to reach me through my website, www.rdrussell.com. That's R-D-R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com. And now you can also reach me through my blog, rdrussell.blogspot.com. Until next time, this is Richard Russell with Creativity and Composition saying, keep creating.